A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter. A health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi folks, I'm Andrew Millen, and you're all very welcome back to the Celtic Soul Podcast, episode 25. Joining me today on the show will be former professional boxer and Celtic fan, Gary Murray. Many of our players have now joined up with our national team squads. Let's hope they all return injury-free and that none of them test positive for COVID-19 on their return. And we can push on for the rest of the season after the 3-1 win on Sunday against Motherwell. Celtic will lose an estimated £30 million for failing to qualify for the Champions League group stages. And with that in mind, I hope we don't sell our best assets until this season is over. Going for the 10 in a row remains in all our minds, and it is still the holy grail. The Vultures will circle Celtic Park once again during the transfer window. The tabloid press will keep linking players in and out of the club. Agents will be giving them nuggets of information, some true, but many false, as they try to store the pot and get the best deal for the player. When we return to competitive action against Ross County up in Dingwall, it looks like there will be fans in the stadium. A small amount of home fans will be allowed in as they are planning on using the game as a test event. I know that the Celtic fans will be missing the early bus trip up from Glasgow for this one. It's always a favourite during the season. The driver would have been told, get the Rebs on, and the cargo would be hidden for fear of being stopped by the police and them removing it on route up north. But once again, We'll be watching this one on the TV. But fans back in the stadium is a step in the right direction. Gary Murray is a Coatbridge boy, a Celtic fan and a former professional boxer who almost paid the ultimate price for punching for pay with his life when he suffered brain injuries after his Celtic title fight with Belfast Paddy Gallagher. Hi Gary, you're very welcome to the Celtic Soul podcast. How's life at the moment and how has life in lockdown been? For you, as we continue to try and stay safe during COVID nineteen. Hey, Dan. Um, ah, life's good. Uh, thanks. Uh, um, how's yourself? You good? Oh, I'm not bad, Gary. Yeah, uh, just a bit. You know yourself. You just. I just want to go back to see. I think. Well, that's it. Well, it's watching on the telly. It's not the same, is it? Um, empty stadiums, but uh, hopefully soon enough they'll start letting the they'll start letting the fans back in. I everything's just been uh, every day's just been the same. 
you know, because I, I, I was actually off my work prior to it, so <laughs> nothing's really changed for me, but I, I see everybody else getting stressed out big time. I just, you know, just sort of take it as it comes. Yeah, well, that's, I suppose if you if you look too long down the line, like if you had to set in March, I would be trying to Andrew at the start of September, and we're still, we're still being, you know, in lockdown <laughs> and still no football fans in football. No one would have believed it, but here we are. We spoke about two weeks before lockdown. Nah. Obviously, the, the the virus was was just down, but no one knew how serious it would be. So you de- you decided to go to the other side of the world. <laughs> I decided to go to Thailand. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But in fairness, now we got we we got Thailand done and dusted. We got the festival done just before we had to come back. Thank God, because people had travelled from all around the world. It's since then we've come back. It's been it's just been you know that right. really left the town. Now we we can we can travel around the country now, which isn't too bad. But I, I think we're like. The bars aren't still open fully. You can just you can go out for a meal and bits and pieces, but it's, it's yeah, it's not the same, is it? It's not the same in the pubs and whatnot, you know. But hopefully we can get back to some kind of normality soon. Celtic back to winning ways on on Sunday, three 0 win over Motherwell. Yeah, after the Champions League exit during the week, it's been a stop start season with Ball and Golly Gate and a few nice. lackluster performances. <laughs> As a fan, what's your take on what's going on down Paradise Way? You know, I've got in the back of my mind that like I think the likes of the crowds not being there really will be affecting the players. Yeah, I think about like Celtic's great like uh, you know his, well, recent history at home in Europe, and you take that away. But as you take the fans, it's the fans that they make it a hard place to come uh, to get a victory. And if they're not, they're not there every week playing. You know, I I, I do think that Celtic's form will dip because of it. Um, I, I do think that, like at Celtic Park. Like the crowd seem to be like an extra man, especially in the big European games. There's been a lot of upheaval, we'll say, because of the COVID. But, you know, these, these players are you know, they're well looked after. There's no one better looked after than professional footballers. Oh, definitely, yeah. 100%. I, can't, I couldn't agree more with you, but I, I, I genuinely do think, like you'll see them all say, the best, all the best players in the world. It's the most intimidating place to come play football. It's part kid. And I... I I honestly do think if, if there were games were behind closed doors, like I don't think for a second Celtic would beat the likes of Barcelona on and off, you know what I mean? Or like AC Milan, I think, you know, I think we'd be the, side, the wrong side they're good doing um, without a lot of the fans there. But it's all, you know, it's all that's buts and maybes in it. It was good to see uh, in the game the other day. Um, I, I was screaming for a jetty to come on. She just had, like, I'd seen, had listened to Big Hearts in at half time and he made a great point. He's like, even you just got a striker or just get in the box, even you stand still and play off the players. So I, I just sort of thought all the players were all like, you know, down the channels and, you know, not playing with a, a, a recognised striker. It's at home, you know, you, you want to have somebody up there, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was certainly a talking point, uh, especially on social media, before both games, the, the European game when he didn't play a striker up front and then on Sunday again, people were thinking, you know, he was just been stubborn. But like the game did change when he brought on Fosley, Paddy, and then when he brought on a Yeti. Like two strikers up front just made it so different. And then it was great to see Frimpong coming off the bench as well. Because yeah, yeah, he done well that boy in the right. He just he just added something, and hopefully going forward because when he came back from Dubai, he went with two up front with, with Griffiths and, and Eddie, and hopefully now he's seeing that that's that's the winning yeah. formula. So it's not a lot between us and Rangers. I know like if we have two games in hand, but the six points between us. If we win the games, we're level. And hopefully we'll be level going in against them because that like it's it's a massive season, the ten in a row. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not every, every game's a cup final. But see, to be fair, it's, like one of, it's been a while since you've been this excited. About, you know, like personally, like about season. Because you're like, right, this is the season that needs to happen. Every game is like a cup final. Instead, you've just been like, like, like monotonous going through it. Obviously, you might see your team win, but it's like when you're running all the time and the, the threat is it's there, but it's not there. You know, you, you always want to beat them. <laughs> you always want to get them a doing, but when the challenge and the, they're not really on your coattails, it's it's not the same whereas now it's you know, it's exciting again. Yeah, like, don't, be wrong, don't be wrong, I'd still rather be 20 points ahead. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know how it is. Yeah, but like, you know, you're now watching the Rangers result now. People say, oh, no, I don't care about them. Everyone's watching the results. Nah, I, I don't know. I didn't say it's not clear. Even yesterday, Aberdeen and Hibs, you're looking to see you know, who can take points off. Do you know, I think over the course yes, full season, I think that, you know, I mean, they will drop points, but it's whether Celtic can maintain what they've had the last few years. Like, if Celtic won a good run of form, it's seen whether Rangers can sustain it over a season. This Celtic team have proved they can. I know there's been a few changes now, but they proved it. They can sustain it. But it'll be, it'll be interesting anyway. Well, hopefully they can keep all, all the players now and that no one goes out in the transfer window because we're always That's going to be... So. Oh, I know, I know, but it's that the Champions League thing, I mean, you know, you're, you know, you're always thinking, worrying. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be more. A balance the books exercise. Well, even like I know, like say everybody's thinking about them being off, everybody being off work and things like that. But financially, it must be hitting the like say football football teams as well. They're not getting. Obviously, I think most people are paying up the season tickets. I'm not season ticket holder anymore, but it must. I would assume that there must be some revenue that they're losing, but not having the. I would imagine through hospitality and, and yeah. you know, catering and poise and they all make money. I was reading today that, you know, the 30 million they would have made by qualifying for the Champions League group stages. So that's gone now. And, you know, history shows us that Peter Lowe will, will balance the books with a big sale. And yeah. hopefully it's not Eddie. Well, that's what I was going to say there. It's almost a stick on, isn't it? It's, I think um, knowing that they've got, like, say, like, like Griffiths, I think he, you know, he knows how to find the back of the net and like, domestically. And I think that that's their sort of, you know, the safety net. They'll believe they'll still be able to get 10 in a row by selling one of the players, which is a very, very risky thing to do because if they do that and they don't get and it doesn't happen, you know, the fans will, will turn on the board big thing. Oh, 100%, 100%. Just before we move on, Gary, have you been watching any of the boxing behind closed doors? I've seen, I've seen a few. I've seen a few of them. Um, Again, I haven't been as like um, when I grew up, it was just transfixed Celtic football, football, and everything. I went boxing, it was just boxing. And since I've had this injury, man, it's just been you know, it's just trying to survive. <laughs> I'm not, you know, it's not, um, it's not as bad a massive a thing in my life, but um, it's obviously, as I say, now it's just trying to get all my hands off to be um, with my employment. But um, I, well, I've watched the scene like Eddie Hale's been having a couple of shows out in his back garden. Tell you, I want to get some back ads. Some fucking who said that? Fucking who said that anyway? Tell you, I the dressing rooms. I say it was bigger than my house. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I watched. I watched a couple of them, but again, um, it's entertaining. But it reminds me of you know, like watching a good spar in a gym. I think, I, I think boxing can. I'm not saying it can survive behind closed doors, but it's a different thing than football. football I, I, because you know, obviously, like that's the thing that people don't understand that like. The best fights people don't see. The best fights happen in the gyms. 
because the guys are dehydrated, they're not, you know, cutting weight, they're at, they're at their best, and they're in the gym, and they're, they might be have bigger gloves on, but, you know, I've seen some great, great, you know, gym wars, as they call them, but uh, I don't think that fighters are ever at their best when they're in a fight. See, because there's this, unless they've got the best, best strength and conditioning, nutritionists and things like that, you, you see them and they're like gone the day before the fight to the way in, and then I don't think they feel they recover in order to put on the, the best version of themselves, you know? But, yeah, I don't think people realise as well when a boxer's cutting weight how hard it is, because I remember uh, after a Rangers match a couple of years ago and Scotty Cardle was preparing for a fight and he had one black coffee with us. We had a couple of points. He had one black coffee. And then he had to leave to go home because he had a certain amount of food he needed to eat. You do is put yourself through some some torture, really, isn't it? Not anymore. I've been making up for it since. <laughs> I come up since I woke up out of coma. I think I've doubled my body weight, so I've, I've beat anorexia. <laughs> I mean, I have won my world title, but I beat anorexia. Okay, Gary. Now you're a Celtic fan. I know you were a pro boxer, but can you take us back to a young Gary Murray in Coatbridge before you started boxing? You know, was it football? Was it going to see Celtic? What was it like back in those, those formative years? It was um, obviously going to, um, I mean, Timothy's local primary school. You know, everybody was always just Celtic playing football. But my mum, we were talking about this the other day, actually, she would never ever shouldn't buy my Celtic strip. She didn't want, she didn't want me having been in like Celtic arena football or anything. So my, uh, made my first dollar communion. I bought my first, I bought my first Celtic strip myself. But my dad, being a fly man, because he had to go in and buy it. The only, the only way I could buy a Celtic strip was if I bought him one as well. So <laughs> from <laughs> my complete communion money gets spent on buying my buying my dad a Celtic strip by myself, and I was like, I don't care, I want it, I want it. Uh, so I got that, and, and that obviously that was the that was the the, 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 the top that they won the ninety five cup final. So I was I was at that game, and it's funny actually, I was at that game, and I was I just made my communion, and I had my coat on at the game, and it turns out it transpires like twenty odd years later that my wife was at the game as well, but she she was in the air dread. <laughs> she 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 she's originally from here too. She, like, she says, oh, I was a big Diamond fan. I was like, what? I literally found this out like six months ago. The wedding when that happened if I knew that. <laughs> I certainly have to bring that up the next more than 90 minutes dinner dance to see a Oh, exactly. I don't know. She's a, she, she, that's what she says. She says, I, I was a glory hunter and started sporting Celtic when I She's about a 10-year-old. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, so that was you. You remember going back as far as ninety five, Palm Day winning that. I remember before then I was at the cup final in ninety four, the uh, Rafe Rovers. I was at um, I was at that game at Ibrox. Um, good news. Not exactly, mate. That's why I just skimmed over it. I did, I, I'd been going to the games. I think I went to the games the last season at uh, the Old Parkade, and then went for the, the season at Hamden, and then we got the season ticket, and I think it was ninety six. I think with the stadium moment, it was 95, 96. And I, and I had that until I had to move away for work. And uh, when I moved away for work, I wanted to keep my ticket on, but my dad cancelled it because it was part of like, one of the buses. And he's like, oh, okay, just cancel Gary's ticket. I would still have it to this day if he had cancelled it. But what can you do? So we hold, we hold your father responsible for it. I do, definitely. Now you said you moved away for work there, Gary. That's when you started boxing, wasn't it? I was. I, I, was um, I worked down... Like uh, I want uh, electricity pylons, so 
basically you work wherever the, the work is. So maybe pylons in Newcastle, London, you know, but the jobs last maybe about six months and then you have to move on or three months and you have to move on. So I was always moving about uh, at different places and I ended up in Norwich um, for, for a spell and, you know, it's like the sort of work, all the boys work away. It's always, you work for like 10 hours and then you're in the pub for about 10 hours and then you get before hours skip and then it's the same thing all over. And I was, I was doing it and I was like, I just need, I just need, I need to do something else. So I just started going to the, the boxing gym and uh, I just started doing like, um, I had boxed as a kid like to learn the basics, but I never really fought. And uh, they put us in a fight, like a, a weak collar fight. And I just went for there. And then after I had a couple in England, and then believe it or not, the next job that we could put on was in Glasgow. So I could actually stay at home. So then I got a gym local, and then it just sort of took off for there. So you had a couple of unlicensed fights before you told me. Oh, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, when I moved to Scotland, I, I then continued fighting unlicensed. But see, the like, likes now, now you get the. A lot, of them, a lot of the shows are they're, they're, they're terrible and they're like, don't be wrong, I thought in my first year, terrible shows myself, but I like to think that in doing that, I always thought like, the, be- the better opponents were out there, you know, guys that like um, were ex-professionals that couldn't get you know, couldn't get a professional licence because, for whatever reason, or, you know, they were ex-pros or they were like top amateurs that, you know, that had just decided they wanted to do this instead because they were getting to fight on you know, fighting on big nights like hotels, you know, like big shows, even though they're not, like, you know, a lot of the amateur shows are just in like, work, like social clubs and things like that. So I've done that for like, up until I made my debut, my pro debut in 2014. So I've done that for maybe two years and then I, made, I, I had my pro debut. And how did Tone and Pro come about? It was um, basically we went over the sort of license, sort of like a uh, team that I was part of. We went out to Macklinshire Marbella out in Spain. I think we were the first uh, team to actually go out there. And I remember just thinking about, like, seeing all the pros in there and the way I was, the, like, my sparring. And I knew myself, I was like, I'm going to regret it the rest of my life if I don't. So I just said to my then trainer, like, I'm doing it. I said, I just need to know for myself. Because I was sparring regularly with the top amateurs. I'm doing all right. Um, I said, like, I'm just going to go for it. And uh, he's like, all right, sorry. So I came home and um, I took, it took nearly a year from that date to go through all the tests that they wanted because they wanted to make sure you're a competent boxer because I didn't have the relevant sort of amateur pedigree that they would just grant you a licence straight away. So um, I had loads of loads of hurdles to go over to actually get my licence. So at that time, it just gave me more time to get ready. So uh, that's how it sort of came about. And then you went in an unbeaten run. You, was it 13 fights unbeaten or was it 12? No, it was 12. It was 12, but... See, be fair, on it, this is why I'm saying, like, when I was fighting unlicensed, I would go and fight, like, better fight. I fought better fighters when I was unlicensed, believe it or not. And uh, I don't get wrong, I had a couple of skills in the pros as well, but I managed to come back and win. But um, I, a lot of the fights, are, they're just, it's just a money-making exercise for, for you know, <laughs> for other people. It's, it's not, you're not um, really in... And deep, and then you're going for there, and you're going against like against Paddy Gallagher, Commonwealth Gold medalist. You know what I mean? But a learned experience, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, imagine Paddy Gallagher there. That was that was the big fight. You were you were underdog on the night, and we chatted about it just a couple of weeks before the fight. And you were a guest at Celtic AM in Malone's before one of the games. Can you take us back to the build up to that fight? 
and take the listeners then into the dressing room and then into the ring because it was a belter of a fight before you suffered the tactical knockout. Yeah, and the lead up to the fight, you know, I'd, um, I don't want I, I don't make, I don't want any excuses here. And the day the box stops with me, with me that get in the ring and get done whatever. But um, I, like in the lead up to the fight, things weren't perfect. But uh, on the night, as I, I said to you before, my, I don't have any actual memory of the fight. Uh, literally, I remember being in the changing room before it. I remember um, my manager coming in um, and my big mate Ian. Um, Ian and Sandy had come in and obviously my trainer Peter and Pat. And that is the last thing I can remember. I can't remember walking to the ring. I can't remember being in the ring. I remember waking up in the hospital and thinking that I thought I'd been on the drink and fucking <laughs> done something because I had no memory. I thought I'd just been I'd been drunk and just woke up and like, well, what have I done? Not known. And then, obviously, my, my wife then broke it to me that I had been in a fight. I'd been boxing, but I, but I boxed Paddy Gallagher. And I was like, ah. no, honestly, no recollection of any of And I think over the, you know, last, it's, it's coming up three years. It's coming up three years next month. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, in a month's time, it'll be uh, three years. And, you know, I'm still, every now and again, things are coming back a wee bit clearer, you know, uh, than, than what they did previous. Have you watched the fight back? No, nah, because what happened was, um, uh, you know, I was promised that it was going to be a TV fight. Uh, uh, that was the first thing. And then I called I called, uh, I called the, the bluff and I said, well, what, I've got a promoter that's, uh, sorry, I've got a sponsor that wants to see the logo on the telly. And she says, oh, well, well, we can't guarantee, we can't 100% guarantee that 99.9% you're going to be a TV fight. So I knew then, I, I knew then that I was just getting lied to. Um, well, that's apparently it happened. The fight ended up coming at like after midnight. Uh, I think, I, 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 as I say, I can't even remember like prior to that, like being in the change room and thinking, "Oh, I should be out by now." And it's not because apparently it was a TV fight. And then I, I, I'm perfectly honest, man. I was just fucking lied to right, the whole whole way through. And do you remember um, the press conferences and stuff like that? Oh no, I remember. Yeah, I remember them. Remember, remember them. them. Remember being party and that as well. And, no, but like even uh, he's, hard, he's a hard guy to dislike. Even even after he's given your head in, no, I mean, he's, even then, you know, I mean, I was like, he's sound because we're talking away. You know, I mean, before we uh, before we even get in there, but, um, I, as I say, my recollection is up to the changing room, and then after that, just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and was was the fact that you you had to cut weight dehydration? What was there any fact? Have you been told about any factors of why? You collapsed into a coma. At that point, um, I mean, I think a lot of it's to do with it as well. I, I never had the courage to quit my job and chase it full time because I had like um, a mortgage to pay and I had a flat that I rented out and I was always having to have your money in case somebody was renting that. And I never ever, uh, I, I worked full time, um, you know what I mean? And it was, it was, it was I, I think that that's maybe cost me because. I actually took time off work prior to that fight, but I hadn't I didn't have a camp set up. I didn't have any routine. You know, I just done everything. I went down to Birmingham three times myself to get sparring. I just just turned up at the gym, sparring like say, you know, Frankie Gavin, but he, he's like Frankie Gavin's a southpaw, you know, he's not a, and like a couple a couple of other boys that John Peck had. Uh but again I was down down myself and nobody there in my corner and then I came up the road and I tried, as you say, like you try to manage your weight. I ended up, I misspelled Calvin McCord. Calvin McCord now fights, I think he fights a lightweight. And he battered me. He battered me in my last spot. 
And then I, I just I, I remember just being you know, like this happened and all that going into it. But at the end of the year, I remember training and just being my mindset was like I, I knew a lot of things when they when they right in the background, but I was like I'll be able to look myself in the mirror after this because I don't know about a lot of other people. But I never for a I never for a second thought what was going to happen to me, you know. What happened to me was going to happen, you know. Were you getting well paid for that fight? <laughs> no, not, not enough to fucking be, uh, to be to end up disabled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but now nah, I got I got a game. I think I got like two thousand five hundred pounds or something. And then I got um, I think there was a thing with the board paid like five hundred quid. But bear in mind, you know, they're taking off loads and loads of hours of work, and you know, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't doing it for the. I wasn't doing it for the money. I'm doing. It, I was doing it because I wanted to. You know, I, mean, I wanted to progress. But um, it did. You know, I mean, it wasn't easy. You mentioned there um, about it wasn't what what happened here. So you you're in a coma, and your recollection of coming around in the hospital, you said, was like you were out in the night on the drink. Ah, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> so you remember up to the dressing room of the fight. Yeah. And then you wake up in hospital. Woke up in hospital. Not sure what had happened. Um, I couldn't even then think what I had done last. Like I, I couldn't think when I was lying in the hospital. Think, all right, uh, one minute I was in, I was in the changing room, and then now when I woke up, I was just like, God, what have I done? What have I done? Where, where have I been? You know, thinking that I'd been out partying or whatever. And uh, I, my my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. She she was like, uh, I says, oh, I've been, a, I've been a, a day, and I've been out drinking, and I've been, I've been in bother. And she says, ah, you've been fighting, but uh, it was a boxing ring, you fought Paddy Gallagher. But at the time, and when I was lying there, I was disappointed in myself because I thought that I, had, I was actually training still to fight, for, fight Paddy Gallagher, and I'd been, out, I'd been out drinking when I should have been training. It was, a, it, was a weird, it was a weird sort of experience. And how long were you unconscious for? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was about a fortnight, I think I was, fortnight, I think I was out here, or somehow along the airlines. It must be. It must be so ten, hard on, on your wife and family. Ten days. Oh no, they, they, well, I think they they were. Um, I did. My my wife. My wife's been been strong for it all. Um, and all my like my my best man, my wedding, his missus, uh, my wife, my my mum and dad, my family. Family were all close, and to be honest, they get some laugh. They they said there was some laugh, and it was when I see after I woke up. And I was like, I was delirious. I thought I was in Ibiza, <laughs> but I was in ho- I thought I was on holiday, and I kept saying, and someone likes him when they're coming out of the they're coming out of the food and for like your dinner and all that. I was sitting talking to my brother-in-law, and I kept saying to him, "Oh, you get your daddy come out here." This is fucking brilliant. That's all in customs magic. And I had a, I had a, I had tried to get up and go. I went out a walk, and I when I just I got up and I, like the first couple of days I could walk, but I got up one day and. I went to go to the toilet and I get I shouldn't have been I was in intensive care, I shouldn't have been so they, they put like a hang around my wrist and it was like a tag. But this tag was like so that if you walk by these sensors, alarm goes off so they know that you go and get you and put you back into bed. But I thought this tag was my all inclusive wristband. So <laughs> I was I was clicking my hang with the nurses like can I get a drink yet? No. <laughs> so you were asking the nurses for a drink? I was like, is it is a bar room yet? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. This is serious. I know, no, I, was, I kept seeing that. And I, I said that all the, the fucking the doctor was walking by. Apparently, that's the, that's just all stories I get told about. The doctor was walking by with his clipboard, 
and I was just lying in bed, and I'm, I think I'm on a sunbed at, uh, at the pool, and I was saying to them all, I've not seen that cunt at the pool all, day, all week. <laughs> okay, no, it's mental, man. Unbelievable. And listen, <laughs> allow me in hospital then for overall. Ah, oh, it was a long time. Uh, well, I seen that, it was, um, they'd said I was going to go to, um, out of the intensive care. I was going to go to a general ward in the, the Monklands, um, which is a local hospital uh, to me, because it happened in Edinburgh, but they were going to transfer me to the lo- local hospital in the Monklands, but, of you know, no harm to the Monklands, but um, the, my mum works there. My mum knows. She's like, no, because he gets put in there, he'll just, get, he'll just rot. And I've got to put, take my hands off to my, my, my management at the time, you know, I think it was MTK. They paid to get me into, like, a brain injury uh, specialist place. And I went there, and that, to be honest, that was the best thing it could happen to me because it gave me a bit of perspective. I was I, I dead angry and upset. I couldn't box again. I was told I wasn't allowed to box again, but I was then get people that were with people that were younger than me, maybe car accidents that were never going to walk again. You know, and the, the people with real proper brain injuries that you know kind of gave us a sense of perspective. Whereas you know, I mean, I've not really got much to moan about. Well, my memory of that night was. I'm almost sure I was coming back from an Ireland match in the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. And when I was coming down the road, I messaged you to see how the fight went. Uh-huh. And I says, oh, it must be a, it must be a bad, right? Because I, I couldn't get the internet. So I went back out, had a couple of points. And then uh, it was only the next morning. And I went on to see get the result that I found out that you were in the hospital. And then obviously couldn't contact you. But it was... Um, you're worried because I'm, I'm a big boxing fan, but I know there's always casualties. So, as you, you said there, your management put you into a private hospital for rehab. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I've just got to thank them for it because, like, it, my sort of injury, even now, still, uh, people don't get it because I don't have any outward symptoms. Like, see, because I'm, see if I was, like, uh, you know, if I, was, if, if I was sitting drooling or, you know, like, you know, I mean, I couldn't, or I couldn't speak or I couldn't hold a conversation, People would know then, or oh, maybe he's got brain injury. But like in there, when I went in, I actually seen people that have the, these sort of outwardly, sort of like um, you can tell basically that they're, they're ill. And as I say, it gave me some set, some sense of perspective, you know. And I went through all the they had all talk, like uh, sort of psychologists and you know different people that work with you know like even physiotherapists, you know all, all the different and like all the things they do like for your cognition. You know, like you problem solving things and that just try to get you get your your brain back, get some sort of life back to it, you know. And how hard was it mentally to deal with? See, to be honest, at the time, at the time, I was in the best hands. It's been more so since it's all died down and it's all you know. I mean, it's old news. Everybody thinks on oh, fine now. That it's been the things that's been on with my work, absolute nightmare. That like um, it's been harder dealing with what's happened with my work in the over the last year. Than what it had been, you know, in the hospital. Because in the hospital, I was I had the best people looking after me. And then when I came home, you know, I was fine because I had, I had my family and my close friends come and see me every now and again. And it's after all that, it, 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 gets, it gets difficult, you know what I mean? When people go, all right, he's okay now. And you go out into the. You go, <laughs> but in saying that, you know, I was back at work for over a year and I was I was, I was doing fine. It was the, the massive changes in the job, but it became too much um, from. Like I didn't have the capacity to deal um, with what sort of the, what was what they were they were looking for out of me, you know. So Gary, 
just try let let the listeners in because it's the first person I've ever interviewed that has had a brain injury. Um, you said you didn't remember anything from the dressing room till you woke up and then you thought you were in a beater and <laughs> you know, which, which, which I, I think of most places to be. Well, that's a bit, right? But it, you said things comes back to you and like, do you remember everything before the fight now? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but that's the only thing that's missing, is it? Yeah, yeah. I, sw- I swear, Andrew, it's, it's actually funny that you've had, you've got in touch with me. Um, I know I probably say to you every every time I've seen you, I've been like, oh, my memories, my memories get better. It's, I, it's the best I've been since. It's the best I've been since. It's the best I've been since. Injury, every everything like. But I swear to God, see the last six weeks. The last six weeks, I've, I've been, you know, I mean, the be- by by a country mile, like. You know, my wife's been keeping me right with a lot of the things that's going on with my work. She's pretty intelligent. But I find myself remembering things that she's not remembered. You know, yeah. like and even she's like she's noticed a lot. Of, uh, it's hard to explain to people what that is. It's like you know everything, but it's putting things you know one after the other, and it's like a like if I was uh, like to drive to here to the pub, <laughs> if I drive here to the pub, I know what the pub is in my mind. I know I can visualize it in my head, but then getting in my now I'm fine, but at the end it's like getting into my car. I'd be like, "How did I get there?" I know I go, I drive to the end of the road, and then when I get to the end of the road, then I'd be like, "All right, then I go here." But I couldn't put, in, you know, what I mean, I couldn't visualize it in my own head that I go there. So if I was to give the directions to somebody, I wouldn't be able to just like, reiterate it. I just had to react to every, like every time I turn around, I'd be like, "Off here, I turn left." And then when I get to that bit, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm here, right to here, I turn right." Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have, like, and I feel as if things are just, like, sort of, it's like a bone healing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like everyone's starting to together again. I'm, I'm starting to think. I used to, the way I describe it, it's like I'd always remember things, like, on a sort of macro scale. I've been able to remember that I was, like, at, at Celtic dances with, like, say, yourself and uh, Joe Miller, and that was there. And, but I wouldn't be able to tell you about the comp that we actually talked about, because that was, no like, that thing about, like, the details. Whereas now, I'm I'm better with things like that now. Like I can I remember where I've been, what I've done, and I can actually remember the discussions and the like, sort of more you know minor things. I can remember things more in detail now. And I remember the the, the following time we were in Malone's, um, and you, you you were still very ill in hospital. I remember saying to the to the because we obviously we have different people come in every time depending on who we're interviewing. But we have a hardcore as well that would be there that would get yeah, the bus up, would get the bus, the McConnell's bus up to the game. So we'd have a hardcore that would be in. And I remember saying, you know, you were probably in two weeks before the fight, and this was maybe a week after the fight. And I said, you know, Gary's in, and he, we're all praying for him, and, and you know, he, he's fighting. And as soon as he gets well, we're going to have him back, you know, in for an interview. And then you did come in for an interview, and I remember the reaction, you know, from from the regulars there. But you did tell me that night, you know, you or that morning, you were saying, you know, your memory wasn't just it wasn't just up to up to scratch, and oh. your, wife, your wife was great because we chatted before we went on, and she, you know, she was brilliant, you know, kind of reminding you and prompting you and that. But it was just it was just great to have you back that time, and I also thank you because since then you've supported all our charity dinners, and I appreciate you t- turning up. And well, not at all. It's you know, it's a pleasure, to, it's a pleasure to be invited along. You know, it's um. They're good, it's good charities that you, you know, I mean, good work that they do. Ah, they do indeed, yeah. Um, life after boxing, you know, boxing's a tough sport. You've been through the mill 
Are you going to stay involved with the sport, or are you still involved with it? No, I'm not. Um, like, I'm, personally, I'm at the moment. I'm I'm doing like um, like helping people with, with their boxing, want to learn boxing and things like that. But uh, I'm not involved. I, I've got my my pro trainers badge uh, and things. Like that. I've got all that, but. Um, at the moment, I'm not, but I'm definitely 100% in my mind. I'm not finished. At, uh, I'm not finished in boxing. But again, that might be something to do with injury. That now it's just my, you know, I mean my employment status. That, that's the that's the main thing. Really, you know, I've got to look after myself, and my wife, pay the bills, and you know, I've always had I've always had like two or three jobs. Even when I was even when I was boxing, it was I worked on the pylons and I used to do deliveries. And I bought a box all the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was a recipe for disaster. But um, it, I go for that now to like, I'm, I'm saying I'm going to go back to work and my work I'm, I'm really want me back. So we're going to we'll, we'll see what, what con- conclusion comes of that. But uh, it's as what it is. It's, it's got to crack on. Yeah, so now the future is you want to go back walking. You want to stay yeah. involved in the sport. Yeah, I want to stay involved. I, but I think it'll be a bit... A bit down the line, you know. I want to get, I want to get to a stage where I'm, I, I like, I've got a my, my employment is looking a bit better, my employment status is a bit better, but then I can actually start to look at extra things because there's no, there's no money in boxing, there's no money um, unless you're, you know, as I say, I told you, uh, you know, I think I got for that fight by the Gallagher, you know, guy top ten in, uh, in the UK, um, so it's, it's pennies in comparison to what you put in, and then. The fighters get pennies, and then as a trainer, you get ten percent of their pennies. So you know, I mean, it's not so it's not sustainable as a job. You know, hopefully, I can get things sorted with my with my job, and then I, you know, as soon as I've done that and I've got a bit of security behind me, I'm definitely going to get back involved in boxing. Well, Gary, you've grafted all your life, you know, two jobs and boxing. It's some gone, and I just hope everything everything pans out for you in the future uh, because uh, it's a certainly a, an inspirational um, story of how you come back. You know, it's not done yet, mate. It's not done yet. It's come back now, but it, it is every every time I see you looking better and you yeah, know. Far. <laughs> God, I, 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 I wouldn't say that. You know, I think that's the last one. <laughs> Do you know that? That's actually. Uh, that I know. I, now I'm using it as an excuse, but at the t- I literally say at the time I was putting on loads of weight because see if my memory was that bad. That uh, like I, I would go around at my mum's and my mum would be like, "Have you just done it tonight?" And I'd be like. I don't know. <laughs> so I would have put it another and then I would have been very nervous after another one I didn't have a clue. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's been my excuse for a couple of years now and it's, it's wearing thin, I think, with a few folks. So I'm going to need to start losing a few pounds. I think so. Gary, before we finish up, um, how do you see the rest of the season panning out for Celtic? Are we going to do the 10? Uh, I'm praying, I'm praying we do. I, I do believe we will because I think I think boys are starting to find a bit of form now and I think maybe Lenin will see you need to play, you know, I mean, you just signed a striker and I don't know if he's mating on a jetty getting up to match speed or whatever. Um, and then hopefully we get, you know, the likes of Griffiths, Edward, whatever, you know, it's going to be there. Um, I think they've got, I think they could go on a decent run domestically. You know, I mean, obviously there's a Europa League now, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think domestically, um, they're going on a good run. We've got, a, we've got a, We've got every chance, you know. What I mean, we've got players that we've got players that can put the ball in the net when they're fit, and that's what we we need to hold on. Me, uh, Gary, yeah. it's been a pleasure to chat again. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. As it always is, um, and I just like to thank you 
But bearing your Celtic soul with us. Oh, I hate the ball, don't we? <laughs> well, hopefully, Gary, the next time we're talking is in Glasgow and we can have a pint. Uh, I find us ten, find us ten. Look after yourself, and we'll talk again soon. Good man, thanks, Juan. See you after me. Cheers. I think Gary's interview highlights that boxing is not all about glitz and glamour. Gary's comeback from his brain injuries is an incredible story, and we wish him all the best and look forward to catching up with him again. Thank you very much for listening. Special thanks again to Ronan McQuillan for producing the show, making the coffee, and running around all day looking after me. Only joking, he's a true professional. Folks, if you like what we're doing and you would like to support us, visit CelticFanzine.com where you can donate, subscribe, buy or become a member for the price of a point. Thanks to everyone who has supported us so far. We really appreciate the support. Don't forget to download our new app. It's free and you will then have access to all our podcasts, articles, daily news, videos and info on upcoming events, the fanzine and our online shop. All at the touch of a button on your phone or tablet. You can also sign up for our newsletter. If your business or Celtic Supporters Club would like to sponsor the podcast, please get in contact. You can email us at info at CelticFanzine.com. You can also contact us through the website or message us on social media. To the listeners, keep the comments coming in and let us know what guests you would like us to get onto the show. And if you have a story to tell, we'd love to hear it. We are taking our own international break and the next podcast, episode 26, will be on Friday the 11th of September. I'll be cheering on the boys in green against Bulgaria and Finland, but there'll be no buses to run or no airports to hang around. It's back onto the sofa to watch on TV. Enjoy the international break, folks. We will be walking away here on the fanzine and the website. And once again, I thank you all for listening. Stay tuned, stay safe, and keep the faith. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.